Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. We are experts in intuitive eating for on-again, off-again chronic dieters, and we are here to help you take the guilt and stress out of eating so you can become the first in your family to break the diet cycle, just like we are in our families. We want you to be who you are without food guilt. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, No More Guilt for Melissa and Your Latina Nutritionist for Delina. Are you ready? Let's break the diet cycle. Hola, hola, chulas. Hi there. Today we are in our last episode of this season with Lauren Lavelle. Hi, Lauren. Hey, hey friends. What's up? <laughs> so excited to have you here. You and Delina are already longtime friends. I am just meeting you IRL in real life for the first time. It feels long anticipated. <laughs> yes, air quotes on the real life. Yeah. As close as we're going to get to real life yeah. uh, at the end of 2020. Yes. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> it's been a ride. It's been, it been. been quite the time. <laughs> yeah. But yay, we are so excited to have you. We obviously, you know me, I'm just like all over the place. But we're going to be talking a lot about, you know, you today, asking you questions from our followers who answered um from our you know pages what they wanted to ask you lauren and so before we get started i already know who you are i already know you in person but tell everybody here who does not know you a little bit about yourself yes okay so my name is lauren lavelle i am a body positive fitness instructor and personal trainer i am a nasm certified personal trainer i teach group fitness classes like bar boot camp hit and all these things that people typically think of as very intimidating and I make them like 45 minutes of stand-up comedy. I have a membership that is <laughs> online and people are able to like talk and chat before and after classes and it's really like a good way of making fitness more accessible both because it's online and you're doing it from home and also mm -hmm. because not really that pressure situation. Yeah, love it. Um, From the I outside that, looking yeah. in, Lauren, I admire so much your ability to create community. That is what jumps out from all, like people love sharing what you're doing and it's just, <laughs> it's awesome. And so I'm, I know some of the questions kind of center on that is like, how do we create spaces or enter spaces so that we feel safe to move? Um, so I'm so excited because you're an expert at that. Yes, I'm excited. But before we get started, there's a very important conversation that the three of us need to have before mm. we even get talking about mm. fitness is this damn peak of stone okay. that I still can't get working. You act like it's an electronic, Delina. It's, it's not working. <laughs> it's like the most uh, primitive, like- Very primitive. It's, it's not it's getting hot. It's a stone age cooking item. And you can use three air fryers simultaneously, but you she can warm can. up a stone. But it will not get hot. Like, okay. I swear to you, maybe my- oven is broken. Lauren, you want to take this? Take it from the top. Yeah, so I got my pizza stone for my birthday, which was the beginning of December, um, and you put it in. I don't know, like, how many racks you have. I, I put everything on the middle rack, and, like, you know, I follow that cooking philosophy that, like, throw it in at 350, but in the case of the pizza stone, I turn it, I crank it all the way up, all the way up, mm -hmm. 30 minutes at least, and that gives me time. My dough is out. Minutes? 
30 minutes, girl, you cannot and the stone. It, yeah, it's, it <laughs> takes time. It takes time. You know, in early times, the sunlight would just warm <laughs> a rock and early artisan pizza makers would throw dough. It was, but nowadays. The, the stone age <laughs> of quick. pizza. That's why I like my air fryer, quick, in and okay. out. And I have to give this pro tip because you are a little scattered brain just like me. Get your, get your oh. Brian involved. Get your husband involved because Dave is always telling me, babe, turn the oven on. Because that 30 minutes is key. You've got to get it minutes. warm for 30 Dude. minutes. Got it. Okay. And it also, you should be taking out your dough for 30 minutes. Correct. <laughs> like, so Make it room you temp. You're not going to have a good time if you're ro rolling out cold dough and putting it on a cold stone. Mm -hmm. This is mm -hmm. my life. That's my life. That's what I did. Okay. <laughs> Do you feel like you have your next step in hand now? Are we ready to take this next step? I'm going to try. Okay. I can't make any because, promises. Because you had the audacity to ask me for a pesto recipe, sure not even having mastered no. how to warm up the stone. Because I'm going to make the pesto recipe for something else. <laughs> not even clearly. <laughs> All right. We're going to need a follow-up. We're going to need a follow-up, but you, you're you halfway there. You're doing great. And I just thank you for letting Lauren and I be experts on primitive, <sighs> primitive stone cooking. Lordy, yeah. lordy. All right, let's get let's get down to what this Back episode is actually about. So we have four questions today and um, we'll try to get to all of them, but please take your time answering them and, you know, we'll riffraff if we need to, if something else comes up. But really, we want to know or, you know, our followers want to know, how can someone who needs modifications either ask their trainer for them or how can they modify themselves if their trainer isn't providing these? Ooh, okay. That was a question we got? Yeah. Um, all right. So I'd like to start out that if you have a trainer who's not providing you with modifications, you need to get a new trainer. <laughs> um, that's end of message. Message. All right. She was just like straight to the point. Get end of message. Someone um, yeah. I'm not going to play with anyone out there. All of the trainers that I know and personally am connected with would not have a problem being able to provide modifications whether that's a variation or modification because you are pregnant or postpartum or ha have an injury or are coming back from an injury or you're just not feeling it, your trainer is there to support the body that you're in. So if they cannot provide those variations and modifications, it's time to start thinking about working with a different professional. That's my number one tip for that. Okay. okay. And as far as modifying on your own, I don't expect everybody to be an expert. So that's kind of hard to answer that question. I provide a variation, like a, a wide spectrum of variations for my classes that start with, okay, this is what I had in mind for the move. This is what you could do with it. And this is what you could do with it. And if any of those don't speak to you, then that's when you start bringing in stuff from your own toolbox. But I think the biggest issue with that is if you've never taken a class and you've never done a plank or you've never felt comfortable in a plank, what are you doing? Where are you going in that place? Oh, you're not me. going, you're like right. Like you need help. So those are the kinds of things that in virtual fitness, I tell people get on the chat, like start yelling at me in the chat, like tell me what you need. And oftentimes, um, you know, it's as simple as just me throwing out an extra cue or giving people permission to change the placement of their body. But your fitness instructors, your personal trainers, they should have a toolbox with a wide array of things for you to be able to do to make it easier for you or actually just more personal. It doesn't need to be easier. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It means it's going to be tailored 
more towards your level of fitness and working out. So those are my things. Work with a new person if they have nothing for you. You're listening to that? Find yourself another person or just, you know, sign up for Lauren's (laughs) membership. I mean, that's it. (laughs) I love that you are normalizing making it easy though, because I think there's this like weird sneaky perfectionism that happens Mm -hmm. when you start, especially stuff like bar, Pilates, things that are kind of like technical, you know, oh, yeah. uh-huh. you like want to be at that expert level already. Like I want to look in the mirror and see myself like doing it, <laughs> doing so it. Your leg is, like, covering your and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, you sweet, sweet, awkward, curved spined woman. Come on, you got this, you know, and it's so hard to kind of just take a step back, let yourself be a beginner, normalize that modification mm-hmm. that is part of it. And especially if you've taken a break, there's been times where I would be really into stuff and then I take like a year off and I'm back stuck in the past when I was, you know, much more practiced and nimble. Yeah. Like we've got to normalize that every day is different. Year to year is different. It's Mm -hmm. okay to modify if you have to. Life is different. Actually, uh, Lauren, remember pre-COVID when you were going to make videos of how to modify using me because I'm horrible? (laughs) (laughs) You're backyard. You're a beginner. How You're a not beginner. to do it. That's how we were gonna call it. <laughs> well, we were gonna call it. We were yeah. We were gonna call it. Do this, not that. Um, <laughs> Make sure home. you don't do what Delina's doing. Do listen, the right move. <laughs> modifications and variations are super powerful because yes. it doesn't necessarily like we've said. Number one, yeah, you can make something air quotes easier for yourself, but also there are modifications where every single iteration and version of it is equally difficult, again, air quotes, but it's just maybe that's easier for you that day. Like maybe it feels better to take a plank with your knees on the floor, but that's not saying that that position is gonna be easy for your body in any way. It's still definitely gonna be a challenge, just maybe not like, oh my gosh, I don't wanna be here challenge. Can I ask a really specific question on this? So sometimes (laughs) I have clients who say, look, like my belly gets in the way when I do things or like there's aspects of their body Mm -hmm. shape that it feels really uncomfortable or triggering for them that, you know, they, they almost conflate like that with being unable or unfit. And I see those as sort of different things. Like how do you help people through that self-talk to really see that it's possible, you know, to to be fit and to progress in these types of movements. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think it's really common and I actually notice it in myself because obviously my body has changed uh, throughout the years, like, you know, throughout my life. So I notice when I feel things in different ways over the last 10 years of working out and doing different modes of fitness. But I think that number one, I actually teach a class that's pretty uh, belly positive because I am myself a belly person. Um, You know, some people are booty people. (laughs) I'm a belly person. Um, And so I think like stance makes a big difference. Range of motion makes a big difference. Um, Knowing that like in something like a mountain climber, which is when you're in the plank position and you're driving your knees up, that's oftentimes very triggering and uncomfortable for people because their belly feels like it's in the way. And honestly, like your belly isn't really in the way. You're just not doing the move that is ideal for your body at that moment. So when I teach things like mountain climbers, I also provide variations and modifications for that. Um, And I think it's about like in a forward fold, are your legs close together or are they further apart? The more you open your legs, like the wider your child poses, the more room you have 
for your belly. Again, I teach a very like belly centered class because I do have pregnant people in my classes and I do have people who have bellies in my classes or are heavy chested in my class. And those things can be like, feel like they're in the way, even when it's your body, your body is not in the way necessarily. Yeah. It's just, it's just not looking exactly like the teachers. And in my case, like nobody's going to look, you know, nobody's going to look exactly like me. The shape your body makes is not going to look exactly like the teachers. It's about bringing in, you know, not injuring yourself, but not being hung up on the fact that you're not making this exact same shape as me. Oh, I like that because I always feel like I need to look exactly how the person's doing it. Like in my head, if I'm not in the same position, right. I'm doing and it that's going to get, that's going to get a uh, really difficult really quickly when the person who's teaching the class literally works out for a living I and we're doing this obviously I do not in between when your kids are like going to bed <laughs> right. and you're going to bed. Like that's not going to work out <laughs> when your subscription's about to expire and you for do a right. bunch of classes in one week. <laughs> That's, that's like me, a little yeah. different right <laughs> right you're like no I'm a pro I've done this one. I've done this four times in a four row times. <laughs> all right so the next question is what is your number one tip to tune out diet culture in fitness Ooh. okay yeah um I would say working with people who are not really invested in and like living that diet culture lifestyle. So working with a trainer or a fitness instructor who is not about that life. Um, Cause then you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to like mute it. I have people, I've really heard people say that they've done workouts on mute. So they don't have to listen yeah. to the stuff that is coming out of their mouth. And I'm like, what? <laughs> or they turn off the music and turn down the, the person's <laughs> Right. So, so you don't need to, I mean, yes, it is not as common and it's getting more common to work with people who are not pushing that like ideal body or ideal whatever on you while you're working out, but you can find someone else who's not doing that. Like there are Zumba teachers, bar teachers, boxing, you know, cardio boxing teachers. There's everybody who's not necessarily doing that. I think it's just about working with the right people. And then if you are in a class like that, you also have a couple options. You can leave, you can log out and you can leave and you could be like, no, this is why I left. And I mean, I, it's valid feedback. I like feedback as an instructor. Um, I think it's important that maybe people who are feeling uncomfortable in classes for those reasons kind of give that feedback because if you don't give it and three other people who left the class don't give it, then the teacher doesn't really know that what they were doing wasn't super welcomed. And then also you can, once you're in a certain place, maybe in recovery, maybe in your journey personally, you could just kind of like roll your eyes. Like I've definitely been in classes where I'm not stoked on the language that they're using, but personally I know why I'm there and my intentions are for me. So I'm not as worried about what the teacher is saying. That's like, you know, that's, We'll, we'll call that the, the advanced level yeah. of being able to tune that out. But really, truly, you don't need to rely on these like 30 day whatever challenge videos on YouTube. There are other things out there. Oh, don't we know those challenges? I feel like they already started popping up. Oh my gosh, I was I'm just seeing them talking everywhere. about this. I'm also hearing a lot of like actual commercials and I'm not sure if you all are experiencing that. I don't listen that. to the radio. I don't I don't we we were, it. we don't even listen to like the real radio. We're like, Alexa, play whatever. And then there's still commercials. They find you. 
I don't have yeah. an Alexa either. Don't die. Oh, that's my second favorite thing after my pizza store. Really? Okay. I don't have that. I don't, I don't, I don't mess with her. I don't mess with her that much. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. But, but you know what? I like what you said there because I think Melissa and I are always talking about that, how like diet culture is everywhere. You, you can't, it's not possible to ever tune it out completely or get rid of it completely. I feel like we've all had this, con- I've had this conversation with both of you one way or another. Um, and I am constantly, just like you said, you're doing it for yourself. I'm telling that to, you know, the, the people that I'm working with, you have to be so grounded in why you're doing this for yourself that, yeah, you can roll your out, eyes at it, or you can just kind of like tune it out. I feel like even you and I, Lauren, have been in, in like group conversations where people say something and we've looked at each other and we're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And absolutely. then we just keep it moving. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about, so, it's about that confidence and, and it's, it's really like, <laughs> You know, yeah. we could be punny here, but it's like yeah. flexing a muscle. Like yeah. it is about working that that mm-hmm. muscle of like intentions and yeah, why you're there. But I, I wouldn't suggest that you like, you know, purposely throw yourself into that situation if you're not yeah. feeling comfortable. But yeah. if you're in it, yeah. you might not be able you might not be able to <laughs> And that's a good that's a good prompt for you all listening. Just take a little pulse check. Like yeah. how tender is this feeling for you right now? If it's yeah. super, super tender, maybe it it is really worthwhile to find people like Lauren. Instagram is an amazing place. You can mm-hmm. use hashtags to find different providers, see who we all are tagging. These are all different people who are role modeling for you that these spaces yeah. exist. Yeah. You have the choice. You're mm-hmm. in control. Indeed. All right. The next question is how important is recovery and it's recovery in like muscle recovery, like after you're working out, um, just how important is it and how often should you be doing it? Cause I also need to learn about this whoop thing you have. I've been asked about it and I don't know what it is. I'm like, somebody go follow Lauren and ask her cause I have no idea what it is. I have a lot, I have a lot of feelings about, uh, wearables and we can get to that. Um, it's this, it's, I'm holding it up for, for everyone listening. I'm holding my arm. Arm is in the air. Um, Um, but yeah, uh, so recovery, we can talk about recovery when it comes to muscles and working out. I'm going to tell you what I do. And then I'm going to say, do as I say, not as I do. Um, so I teach fitness classes. So I am working out significantly more Mm -hmm. than the average person. Um, and I'm working with, you know, I'm working with private clients and I'm working in classes. I think that if we have to ask like how much time we really need to recover, then maybe we need to look at like how much we're actually working out. So um, I think that's really an important thing. Like if we're asking like, do I really need to take a day off? Well, why are we bargaining for a day off? Um, And why are we really pressing ourselves to the point where we're asking ourselves these questions? I think the suggested is like one to, you know, two days off, but also it varies. If you're just getting back into working out, maybe you work out two days a week and you give yourself time in between each workout. And I also think the, the other thing about recovery is what does a recovery day look like to you? Does that mean you're laying in bed all day? Most likely not. You're probably going to have to walk downstairs or upstairs at some point or, you know, walk across your apartment or your house. So are you really like fully, fully not moving, not doing anything? No, there's lifestyle movements that you're going to be doing. Maybe you decide to go for a walk. Maybe you decide to do some stretches. So a full day recovery would be something I would suggest 
like a full day, like not doing anything would be something I suggest if you were injured or like if you were sick. But if you are recovering from my cardio bar class on Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday, you go for a walk or you go for, you know, you take a yoga class or you, and even a yoga class is not a suggested, I'm not suggesting that yoga isn't hard and that it's full recovery. It's just something different. It's something you're doing different with your muscles. Um, and then tips to recovery, of course, hydration, rest and stretching, mobility work, thinking about where in my body I'm really feeling that workout and do I need to focus on it and do a little movement there or do I need to leave it alone completely? Um, and sometimes it's leave it alone completely. Sometimes, sometimes it's not do anything. Um, just sit there and relax. Yeah, just sit really still and be really quiet. Um, no, I, I think that recovery is a question that comes up all the time. And I, if we reframe it and think like, why are we trying to bargain for time off when it's a great question. we really just need to know how often, you know, we should be working out, like just reframing that. And then whoop, talking about a wearable. Um, I have a lot of issues with wearables in general, like tra fitness trackers, an Apple Watch, a Fitbit, anything like that. They're great. I'm a data person. I'm a nerd. So even if the data isn't completely correct, I'm still excited about it. So... <laughs> She loves numbers. What can she say? I, do. I love it. I love it. Um, but it can be, it can get to the point where it's really unhealthy because yeah. if you're in the middle of a workout and you're checking your dang Apple watch to see if you've done enough, like why is your watch telling you if you've done enough? It's not. Exactly. It's really not. You're not intuitive anymore when you're depending on a device. No. And I think that my problem with a lot of those, which like would be like your traditional uh, trackers would be that they have those reminders, like make it to this many steps or close your loops or whatever. And I don't really, I'm like not crazy about that because that can't really, that's not really telling you what you need to know. And then bringing me to the whoop, which is again, a wearable, it's flawed, there's data issues, but it has no face on it. So I can't see any numbers or anything. It's not distracting me. And then on top of that, it really focuses on balancing the rest that you get, which they call recovery, and like your, your breath, like how your breathing is, how good the sleep you got was, like all of this with the activity that you did the day before and coming up with a, here's the number that like we think you should work out at today. And it's like, it could be a made up number. It's like 11, you should work out at an 11. And if you get to 11, you see it like even, and you're like, okay, maybe I should take it easy. Maybe I shouldn't go for that extra bike ride after this hike or whatever. And I like it because it's reframed the way I think about working out where on days where I feel really good, I'm recovered, I got great sleep. Yes, let's do this. Let's lift heavier things. Let's maybe jump on my mini trampoline in my basement. Um, I've seen it, it's mini. It's very many so and, um, or on days where I, I like wake up and again, it's not the first thing I check when I wake up. I actually sometimes check it when I'm about to do a workout and thinking, oh, how should I structure this for myself for, for the smartest way to work out today where I'm not going to press myself too hard, where I'm not going to injure myself, all of that, which is why I wear this one over any other one. Again, wearable technology, fitness technology is absolutely not necessary. I would even say that it's good to give it up completely if you're in the steps of recovering from overexercise and 
disordered eating or anything along those lines, I would say, give it up, like put your Fitbit down, put it in a drawer, put it away and come back to it when you're in a better place uh, where you're feeling like you don't need to be like looking at it every 10 minutes. You're talking a lot about that transition from like a disordered place and a healthy place around your relationship to this data, right? So I think that's such a hard thing for people to recognize that sometimes you do have to take a shift when you're in that disordered place until you feel ready to be in the healthy place. So is there anything you did to help yourself have this healthy relationship with your, your tracker? Cause this is something I think a lot of people who value physical health are probably like, cool, how do I get there? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it's like a sad, it's, it's going to be a sad answer for them because I really took off my, I took off my wearable for two years and I Ooh. didn't, I didn't. It's good context for people yeah. though. I think people yeah. should understand that sometimes rest, and I mean that in like the most broad generalized <laughs> way of yeah. saying that rest around um, some of these disordered behaviors and your interaction with diet culture in general, it needs to happen for the duration it needs to happen. And then from there you can start to move forward. And so, yeah, that's really good context for people to know that about you, Lauren. Yeah, it was not an overnight uh, situation. And even getting this, I, uh, I, you know, knew that it didn't have to be a situation where, okay, well, if I, if I feel some type of way about it, then I'm probably going to take it off again. Like, it's not, you know, it's not molded to my arm. <laughs> like, it's, I can take it off. I can delete the app. And we don't have to engage with that anymore. I've actually had, I've been, it's been really great for me through quarantine and everything like that. Because I think that we think that if we're home and we're this and we're that, that we're so much better rested (laughs) and we should be working out significantly more. And maybe I wake up and my thing is like, like you're in the red. And I'm like, wait, I literally did nothing. Um, But maybe that's a day where I reconsider what I'm doing. If I'm not, of course, teaching a class, but even during a class, I will reconsider how much I'm demoing and how how much I'm doing versus how much I'm helping other people do based on how I'm feeling in my body. And I think that this is a great conversation also to have about how sleep and hydration plays such a big role on how your body recovers. I often, you know, hear people just constantly talking about how they're tired and they're working out all the time and they just don't understand why they have no energy. And it's like, well, when do you sleep? <laughs> like, and are you getting good sleep? Because that's another thing. Some people are very restless sleepers or just don't get into that REM, right? Which, I mean, that's a whole nother topic we could talk about, about how it's, how important it is to just sleep and get good sleep. And I know that you've been working on your sleep hygiene. Yeah. How is that going? Because I have a three-year-old, so my hygiene is gone. Yes. So uh, sleep hygiene for anyone who's not aware is just like, you know, how like your sleep routine, really what you're doing to get yourself into the most ideal sleep. And part of that is coming from the fact that I do have data around my sleep. Again, data is not, this data is not completely without flaws, everything like that. But I'm just basing it on what I'm seeing on that data and how I feel in my body. And I also know that I've been taking my Kindle or my tablet in bed and watching it after my partner is asleep. And my neck is like so messed up. Um, Like I'm watching it in the most messed up posture ever, which I know because I work with people's posture. 
And, um, and then I go to sleep at 1.30 a.m. And I wake up at 4 a.m. Uh, to drink water and go back to, you know, like all of that. And I Wait, don't. Wait, time out. When did this happen? Because I was talking to my friend about how we're getting older and like the thirst in the middle of the night is like a legitimate <laughs> happening lately. Is this, am I divulging too much? Like, I'm serious. I get so thirsty in the middle of the night. What's happening to me? I don't do okay. that. That's all you guys. <laughs> Are we getting older? That's all I, you. <laughs> I don't know. I think it, I blame Scott for that because before I was with him, I did not like have to have water all the time yeah and now he's made me like a person who feels like I obsessively like we fight over if there's only one water in the bedroom then we're like fighting over whose side the glass is on yeah and I'm like just go get another one it's mine and he's like we have we have glasses on each side right so all right I think the wake wake up well it's also like I do try to drink water before I go to sleep Mm -hmm. um to make sure and I try to also stay hydrated throughout the day so that I'm not like having to chug water before I go to sleep and then for sure waking up to go pee in the middle of the night oh yeah that's um (laughs) but I I started working on it by shutting down my phone. So now my mm-hmm. phone has like a bedtime on it where yep. it won't completely shut down, but it goes to black and white screen. And then it's just like, I'm in an old timey movie on my phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, Instagram is not fun when everything is in black and white. I don't know. I wish Apple did that. Apple doesn't um, do it. It just like goes to sleep mode. <laughs> it's like it does, but you could, you could open it basically. Uh, you yeah, you could totally open it here, but like how, well, oh, well, you have to go and like actually mm-hmm. turn off the bedtime mm-hmm. thing here. But I'm like, also, you have to face yourself if you're like, Lauren, are you really about to turn off the bedtime just so you could scroll for 30 extra minutes? And then what if that turns into 45? And what if it's 1am and then you teach early? Um, so getting into that, getting into actually, um, being able to eat breakfast when I wake up, which is another reason I'm waking up with my alarm. So I have time before I teach to drink water, to get dressed. I'm not feverishly pulling on a sports bra in the dark, like trying to turn on the lights and teach my class. The sleep hygiene experiment has been, it's been two weeks. It's going great. It's going great. Ultimately, the behaviors you choose are up to you. It's just yes. it's self-care. Like, what do you need at a minimum to function in your day? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's such boring self-care, I yeah. would also add. Which, which fit, Fitness can also be, for a lot of people, boring self-care. It yeah. just depends on what you're doing. And, you know, um, I, I actually have a lot of people who I work out with and teach that are people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't like working out. I'm like, you're here literally all the time. <laughs> oh yeah well I, I don't like it but I'm here but like you know they're they're there they're getting their movement in they know that they can leave at any time they have permission and it's the intention and it's the group like vibe that they're there for but it's just really funny because they're like oh yeah I don't I'm not a big I'm not big into working out <laughs> I've seen you four times this week <laughs> <laughs> well that is all of our questions for today but before we, you know, end this conversation, do you want to leave our listeners with any tidbits or advice around working out or anything else maybe that you wanted to say? Oh, yeah, sure. I think that one of my number one pieces of advice for people, uh, the people who are saying they don't like working out, they don't know where to start, this, that, and the other, I think it's important to try different things. I think that if you try one class and you hate it, 
you're totally allowed to have that opinion, but try not to carry that to the next class and maybe try something different. And you're probably not going to be great at it. You're probably not going to go from complete beginner to uh, the teacher of the class. So thinking about it as an experiment, thinking about it of like, hey, I'm going to try this like dance class. I am not great at dancing, but my friends and I are showing up at the same Zoom with or without our cameras on just to do it, just to say we did it. And approaching it from a way where it's just like, let's see what happens instead of I'm gonna crush this class or this class is gonna crush me. Just show up and show up with the intention of trying something new. I think that's pretty important for every level of fitness, every level of like, you know, any kind of movement, just showing up and seeing what you can do personally on your own. Love it. Perfect. Yay. (laughs) That's it. That's all I got. Oh, what you got? Well, that's it. All right. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much, Lauren. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Good chatting with you. Sometime I'll come down to Philly. We can have some pizza stone pizza when this is all over. Whenever I can figure it out. All host. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, She's in the room, but thank you. will not be the host of those pizzas don't <laughs> we can yeah no it's just to no. test her, her skill set at that point in time yeah right, you ladies. could bring something else <laughs> all right ladies i'll see you around thanks so much Lauren. we loved this episode. thank you yay bye bye another episode complete i'm loving getting to know our guests how about you uh, me too, because I just love having other people around. Things are getting pretty lonely, you know. <laughs> quarantine life. <laughs> it's just like, I just need human interaction. <laughs> I said that to someone the other day, like, where was I? I went, oh, I went to the dentist and I was like, it was really nice to like talk to a semi-stranger. I don't know. I haven't talked to like strangers in a long time. It's been just the inner circle of trust. I know. I think a lot of us are craving that, which makes me very curious about your group offer, Delina. What's been going on? Because I see you on Insta promoting this for the Chulas. What's happening in your group offer? Yes, yes. So my groups are six weeks, and it's really an intro to intuitive eating, right? So what I notice is that a lot of the Chulas I work with maybe haven't really heard of intuitive eating before, just have you know, a lot of questions about it. So this is just a six week group where we just dive into the principles of intuitive eating. Um, It's really kind of like wetting your feet in in a sense um, when it comes to intuitive eating and actually really understanding how we're going to apply it to our culture Mm. um, and how we are going to try to to live a life like this, right? in, in, In every day. And so it's just six weeks. We meet weekly. Um, we have a Facebook group and in the Facebook group, uh, we chat and I post weekly videos and we have weekly discussions. And so it's super quick. Um, but then we have an alumni Facebook group where the chulas that have kind of done this six week with me can then move on and still kind of have the support from one another. Um, And it's really just a great community because everyone is at different levels, but everybody's supporting one another. And so it's just a a great way to keep the conversation going after the six weeks are over. I love how you practice, Delina. This is going to give people like the strong foundation that they need, because I'm going to be honest with you guys. 
we keep getting some <laughs> weird, weird questions sometimes about intuitive yeah. eating because why? Everybody and their brother claims they're an expert, but yeah. really only yeah. some of us are. And so what I love is that you give space for people to get those questions answered, to get the clarity so that they can mm -hmm. focus on how they want to apply this in their life. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so how often do you run these? So they run every six weeks. So Amazing. like I said, it's just like, you know, a little, a little get together every, <laughs> every, every couple of weeks. Um, and then we get to support each other afterwards. And then, you know, they can choose to continue to work with me in other, in other ways, but this is just a little intro where they can, you know, kind of get started. Amazing. I'm so glad you built that. So fabulous. How can people apply if they want to learn more? Yes. So the link is in my bio. So you can go to your.latina.nutritionist and check out the deets in there. Or you can DM me. I am always trying to keep up with my DMs. You always respond to me very promptly, which I appreciate. So DM Delina. She'll get back to you. Maybe not immediately because she's talking to me. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, yeah, you could definitely just ask any questions. I always um, let everyone know, like, I want to make sure that I am answering all your questions so that you make a decision that's right for you. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thanks for letting me know what you've been up to. Yeah, no problem. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being who you are. We'll see you next time. Peace, love, and break the diet cycle.